Welcome to the First Mentor Podcast. Here, you will hear us talk about a variety of topics for the entire family that will hopefully spark a discussion, create a new curiosity, or simply teach you something new. The goal is to inspire you to learn life skills and soft skills not taught in school and prepare you to live an extraordinary life. Come on and spend some time with us on your commute to school or anytime you're free. Hello, mentees and family of mentees. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the First Mentor Podcast. And this is your host and mentor, Vanessa Yang. Now, since summer break is not too far away, and some of us have already been bitten by the travel bug, I wanted to give you, our young listeners, a brief introduction into how to go about planning your trips and vacation. Now, for me, it was a lot of trial and error over the years, as well as tons of research. So to help you out, I have invited my friend Gina Edmondson, who is a travel enthusiast, truly feels passionate about visiting all parts of the world, and actually has visited over 50 countries, some of them multiple times, because as there are many different parts to explore, right? And Please remember to subscribe if you haven't done so already, add us to your favorite list, and share a podcast with your friends and family. And we would also welcome your comments in the review section on Apple Podcasts or Facebook Mobile. Now, without further delay, here's my interview with Gina. Welcome back, everyone. And today for our episode, we are going to give you a brief introduction into the world of travel and give you some tips and tricks on how to make travel arrangements. And for this, I have invited Gina Edmondson. How are you, Gina? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Vanessa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you about one of my favorite topics, which is traveling and preparing for it and planning for it. Because I feel like the youth doesn't really have a lot of experience planning all these things. We're going to dive into it a little bit deeper. But before we start talking about our topics, I would love to have you give our listeners a little bit more about your background. Because of course, I know you for a long time already, but our listeners would like to get to know you as well. Again, my name is Gina Edmondson, and I'm Korean-American, born in Korea, and came to U.S. when I was like 13. I um, came to California after high school to go to college. Ever since then, I live here and I work for a private equity firm specializing in real estate. I think I met you during our public accounting days, right? So my (laughs) background is accounting, but right now I'm kind of more focusing on the project management type of uh, work in the real estate company. It's funny, as I was reflecting back, I met you back in 2004 when we first got trained when we were at PwC. So I've known you all these years and we've had a lot of fun together. But one of the things that I've learned to admire about you is following all your stories about traveling, the places you've been, and I always get jealous. Sometimes you inspire me to travel more too. And I remember one of the things you told me when you found out I grew up in Europe, you're like, Vanessa, what's wrong with you? Why are you moving to the US when you can live in Europe and can travel to all these locations? Remember that? <laughs> I was pretty obsessed with uh, Europe at the time. <laughs> yes, yes. But when did you start traveling? Is this something you did growing up as a child with your parents? Or where does the love come from? 
Looking back, I think I always had a travel bug in me. Didn't really unleash until when I moved to U.S., especially in California when I came in and kind of opened my eyes and how diversity, diverse the uh, the country is, right? Mm-hmm. We have so many different culture and background, the people around us. So it was kind of interesting, to, you know, interacting with people and stuff, but I think I always was yearning for or craving for new experience and new challenges. And you always get to learn when you travel. I think mm-hmm. that when I start discovering travel, I become more obsessed with it because there's so much to learn and discover and just want to become citizen of the world to see what the world offers, not the nature and beauty, but also the culture and the diversity that every country offers. Completely agree with you because my love for travel started when I was young, actually. I don't know if I ever told you this, but my parents used to own a restaurant in Germany and they worked day and night 24-7. But one of the ways for us to connect as a family is every year my dad would shut down the restaurant for like a week or two and we would travel. Like he would take us all over the world because we have relatives all over the world. So we would go to many different places. And that's like a fond memory I have. And that's something I'm implementing with my family as I have my own children to travel the world with them. Lately, it's been a bit challenging, as we all know, (laughs) due to the pandemic, but definitely going to pick it up more. But I know you've been a trooper. You're like still going. Anyways, we're here to really learn from you. How do you decide where to go? Do you have like a a long list where you said, okay, I want to visit all these locations? Or how do you go about planning? Planning or picking destination is very personal, right? For me, I want a little bit of everything. So I go to beach destinations and cities, exploring national parks and nature, culture, everything for me is uh, equally important. But if I have choice to choose what is the most important for me right now, I think uh, definitely a culture over beach destination. I mean, that's for relaxation. And for me right now, I just like my focusing on is learning the culture as much as possible. But yeah, you can mix it around. You know, it just depends on your preference. Planning, there's really no magic to it. Beginning of the year, that's when I start planning out entire year mm-hmm. where we want to go. Obviously, my husband and I discuss like destinations and sort of like a plan out beginning of the year. Research and planning ahead is the key, right? Yes. So once you identify the destination, then you want to make sure that identify the time to visit. Let's say if you pick like Australia, that's the south of equator. So if you're going like during in July, that's like a winter time. That's so right. you kind of have to know when is the best time to visit for that particular destination, especially if you're going places that are highly weather dependent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like Fiji or Bora Bora, whatever this destination that you want to make sure that you're going to not like a hurricane season or anything, rainy season, things like that. So research, 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 and the plan ahead, that will save you a lot of headaches and money, most effective. Yeah, I agree with you. I have a bucket list in a way. And sometimes I got inspired by when I was a bit younger, I watched the travel channel and there were some shows where it was like, oh, I want to go there one day. So kind of mentally make a note of it. Or if I watch certain TV shows and they are filmed at a different location, I was like, oh, I want to go there or I read books or whatever that might be. So anytime something is interesting to me, I put that mentally on a list, but I think I'm going to put it down on paper one of these days. And I would say one of these days I want to travel there. For me, I think 
and especially our, our young listeners, budget is probably an important factor for them, right? So when I make travel plans, I also look at what's the best deal currently out there because I might want to go to 50 different locations. But at the same time, I also look at, oh, what's currently on sale? Do you consider that or do you go more according to this year? I really feel like destination XYZ. That's a good question. Budget is really important, especially certain age group or even myself, because, you know, it can be really expensive and Mm -hmm. it could be luxury. So it really depends. But now I think, you know, with the social media and the research to an internet makes more open to search for, you know, good deals and things like that. And I know there are some lot of websites out there that provides like a package deals and stuff. I ended up buying better deals myself because there's so many options out there that you, oh yeah, I want to go this place, but it may not work this time. Then you may want to have like another option of other destination that are more cheaper level. Really depends on the airfare too, which is really high cost. You know, if you find better deals on other destinations, let's say plan B, I think might be better to hold off on the plan A and then go with the plan B. Just really depends on your budget and what you can afford. Definitely, there's a lot of like a travel zoo, there's a group on deal, things like that to, you know, give them a package. But Always to do your research first before purchasing because not sure is at the end of the day, like it would be a better deal. Yeah. What are some of the sites you follow or some of the tools that you use personally to research? You want to use all the popular search engines out there. I use Skyscanner because it's very user-friendly. You can browse Kayak. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Google search yes. for airfare. Google Flights, right? right? I use that too. Google Flight, yeah. And then you can subscribe and, you know, preset if the airfare went down, they email you. And then there's Scott's cheap flight. I think that requires a subscription. You can actually join for free, but they send you that cheap airfare alerts when they found this. There are quite a bit of uh, search out engines out there that give you competitive price and you always want to compare. You want to plan ahead to look for the best deal. Always try to look for deals like, you know, uh, way advanced, then you get the best price. Yeah, I think for our younger listeners, what I would suggest is maybe start with a budget. What can you afford, right? You don't want to set your heart on going to Australia and only have $1,000 ready and then realize after all this research, you can't go. So set yourself a budget, see what you can afford. Or the other way around, if your dream is really going to Australia, have an idea how much it would cost and save towards it, right? That could be another way to go. So either way, but I completely agree with you, Gina. It's a lot about research because I spend a lot of time preparing, researching, looking into things, talking to friends, see who's been there, ask them for tips or tricks before I start booking anything. There's a lot of different options out there besides the tools you mentioned. I sometimes start with TravelZoo. I subscribe to them. And sometimes they inspire me with locations with their top 20 deals with sometimes I'm like, oh, this looks great. But as I look into the dates that work for me, the prices look completely different. So be prepared for that as well, right? The deal might tell you something, but guess what? You might have midterms or finals or can't take time off because the deals normally happen when nobody's traveling. <laughs> so correct, that's the correct. truth. Mostly like I try to travel during shoulder season, which is, you know, in other words, non-peak season because mm-hmm. you get the best deal out that's of it. Right. But if you're a student, you know, still in school, you have a limited budget, then 
there's still way to do it. There's some student discount airfare website that they offer heavy discounts for students. You can always utilize hostel, which I stay back in the days and it's not bad at all. It's very, very affordable. Every time I go to places, even like Europe or Asia, I always see young groups of backpackers that stay in hostels with the limited means, but their experience would be as great as me traveling while you're young, I think is such an important experience to have. Mm-hmm. So I think that there are a lot of options out there that if you determine to do it, there's always a way to do it. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually like that thought that I wanted to discuss quickly to do it while you're young, because I've heard a lot of people say, I'm going to wait and save up until I retire and do it. But I've learned over the you know last 10, 20 years, that's not true. I mean, you can wait too and go to a certain destination at that point, but who guarantees that you're going to be healthy enough to do it? Or maybe things happen like the pandemic, right? Things we cannot predict and we can't go. So when opportunities arise, do it when you can. Exactly. People just say, well, I'm just going to do this later, later, or I have this and that, but what if there's no later, right? To me, I wish I traveled earlier you know, when I was younger and stuff like that. I mean, there's really no too late or too early to travel, right? I think you just want to do it now so that you have the momentum going. And the earlier, the better, because you have so many years to expose to the experience will add that value to your life. For me, like more I travel, it seems more educational. And I think the seeing the world is more educational than like, let's say high school or college class, because it's a real experience, right? Yes. You discover how certain, you know, people, different lives live and the appreciation of life or give you a new perspective in life, that kind of thing. And that's kind of very valuable experience early age so that it kind of molds into your character. So yeah. I highly recommend. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I wanted to get back to the planning process a little bit because based on my own experience, I think the two most expensive items, part of the budget to go travel is airfare and accommodation. I would say go off season. So what I've learned, for example, if you're traveling in the U.S., a lot of schools start mid-August or sometimes in September. And somebody told me before, going after Labor Day is a really good time to go because that's when nobody travels because everybody's back in school, especially families, right? So that's probably a good time. What other times of the year do you think is a good time to travel, Gina? Springtime is good. If you're like sensitive to weather, let's say it's way too hot. I mean, obviously like summertime is going to be hot in a lot of locations. Too cold during wintertime, so it kind of restricts a lot of people. Holidays like Christmas, New Year's would be very, very, very expensive. So either you save up a lot for that occasion or try on different time, right? So for me, like I'm always on the road during Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is only, you know, US. So a lot of other countries, there's no holiday during that time. So as such, that is much cheaper and affordable because there's nothing going on. So I try to utilize that time, Thanksgiving time Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe have Thanksgiving meal early that week or something like that and then get pardoned to from my family and my husband and I start packing and go. And that has been like almost every year. And that's like a significant saving money. So during that time, you can go to like south of equator. So like Brazil, South America, Australia, those are much cheaper destination. Or if you're okay with a little bit colder, 
destination, then you can go to like Europe and other destinations. Asia might be really good too. And then springtime is good too, right? Not spring break time. That's expensive yeah, too. Yeah, spring break time, but like a spring around spring time that right before the summertime, another shoulder season might be a good time. If you're a student or anything like that, you can dodge those times, then it might be a good time as well. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk about accommodations a little bit, because I know I looked into different things. So the main part I normally look to is hotels. I started looking into Airbnb or similar accommodations, although I've never used them for international travel, just local. I've heard about bed and breakfast, which I wanted to try. And, you know, people started doing camping or glamping quite a lot nowadays because of the pandemic. I've also tried cruises, but I wanted to talk with you a little bit more about youth hostels because I think that's a little bit more budget friendly for our audience here. Where have you tried that, Gina? I tried in a couple of places in Europe, particularly like mm-hmm. Italy. It was pretty good. And then I was a, a solo traveler too. I, oh, wow. I traveled at that time, travel solo and stay hostel. So if you're a young female solo traveler, you want to mm-hmm. make sure that location is somewhat safe and reasonable. There are some hostels that are a little bit iffy in terms of location and amenities. Do your research, but there are hostels like everywhere, especially the city center, like mm-hmm. a central location. So yes. it was very easy to get around. It was uh, super affordable. So yeah, uh, I highly recommend hostels. It's just that you want to make sure you do your research on that. I think TripAdvisor, the website, I think that's like the largest website for travel group. You know, yes. if there's a forums and information and all that, it's, it's like all inclusive. I use that website all the time. And there's a lot of discussion where to stay. And then there's some you know, ratings on the hostel and stuff like that. So definitely check that website out just to see where will be the best, you know, place to stay and that kind of thing. There's a forum so you can read it through all people giving advices. So that might be super helpful. Yeah, that's true. I think I only stayed in a youth hostel once, but that was with my entire class. We were traveling, I think it was in ninth or 10th grade. At that time in Germany, Bonn was still the capital, not Berlin quite yet. We stayed at a youth hostel my entire class. It was just like 40 some of us. So it made me feel like it's almost like a dorm accommodation, right? For those who yeah, never stayed before, right? There might have been four bunk beds in the room I stayed with, with a whole bunch of other girls and then common yeah. shower on the same Share floor. Share bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you expect. I mean, in a way, you get what you pay for. But at the same time, I mean, afterwards, I've never been again. But my friends... Just like you, solo female travelers who've used hostels, they told me it's actually fascinating because they meet people from all over the world, right? Because you share a room with them and then there's a common space. And that's actually what makes the experience even more fun. Exactly. I get to meet so many people from all over the world and, you know, your similar age groups so that you have something in common and I heard a lot of stories where they make like really good friends after that. They hang out and stuff like that. So it's a great way to meet new people. I think right now, hostel, there's age limit for sure, but I think they allow up to like late 20s. I mean, oh, I didn't so- know that. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. They increase their age groups. There's so much opportunities. Yeah. 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 But just like Gina said earlier, just be careful where you go. Safety is number one. Right. We want you to come back safe and had a great time overseas. But the other thing I would say is let's talk about hotels a little bit, because 
I feel like the majority of people who travel stay at a hotel. And many times, I think the price really varies based on location, right? So if your budget is on the lower end, you might not have to stay in the middle of the city center. You could go a little bit further away, but get a better deal. What do you think about that? Definitely, the hotels really depends on the location. Just make sure you do your research. Make sure that locations are reasonable. Even though they said it's a safe city, but you always want to use your common sense to ensure that whether you're travel as a small group of people or alone, utilize the best tool to make sure that the you know, location makes sense to you, whether it's walking distance or not. Right now, there's an Airbnb option. Mm-hmm. That as another opportunity for better options out there. So Airbnb has been pretty good for me. I use kind of several occasions. It worked out really great. Let's say, oh, the hotels are too expensive, this particular city. Mm-hmm. I go in Airbnb and some offers fraction of the price and central location. You just want to make sure you do enough research, know the host's rating. All this information is in Airbnb. And then compare the price and locations and then make the proper decision. And I think there's another BRBO. There's another one that people are using that as another option for the space sharing. Like you can get someone's flat for a fraction of the price. And bed and breakfast, not much for me. I think that's more like uh, going to some quiet destination like a palm spring or something like that then that might be a good option but the city not necessarily those are like my recommendation yes hope you enjoyed my interview with gina i know you probably wondered why wasn't there more to this conversation don't you worry there is a part two of this conversation that i will share with you in a few weeks And until then, I wanted to thank you so much for spending time with us today. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Have an amazing week. 